Hey friends, welcome to the Woodshed. It's Brother Jonathan back with another episode. Tonight we've got some good things coming, so hang around and we'll get started. guys so we're back in the woodshed we've got brother todd back with us and uh tonight we want to talk about a subject that uh that honestly impacts every church in the united states well every church worldwide i suppose i don't think it would be just limited to the united states but we've got a subject we've got a topic that has to be discussed it's something that every church has to deal with and that every church uh, fluctuates usually between two extremes and that is the idea of how do we handle the spiritual side of our relationship with God, the spiritual side of Scripture. And so uh, with Todd uh, here, that's what we're going to discuss. And uh, Todd, what I've seen is typically churches seem to kind of fall into two extremes. You have either uh, the extreme, like frozen, chosen, very serious, you know, everything is is, is very drab and, and just dry, almost a cynical version of, of, uh, of Scripture, uh, to where there's no moving of the Holy Spirit. There's no room for any emotion or anything like that to, to, uh, to be had. And then on the other side, you've got your happy, clappy, weirdo churches that are more spooky than spiritual, and they find a spiritual problem with everything. Well, uh, yeah, we've got, I think, the farther we get away from the time of Christ, we have uh, science. We'll, we'll just say all this, the religion of science that is trying to de-spiritualize everything. But uh, that's just what Satan wants to do. He wants to he wants to calm down the Holy Spirit. He wants to make you think that there's nothing spiritual and there's nothing other than what's right in front of you. That is what's real. And if, if you can't see it, then it's just a fairy tale. Exactly. You know, that that is probably the biggest thing is, is what I see is so many churches actually have taken themselves from a, a proper biblical mindset, a biblical worldview. And what they actually have is what would be a materialist worldview, not materialistic as far as, you know, like wanting a bunch of stuff, but materialist where, where everything just is stuff. Everything is just physical. There's not a spiritual side to things whatsoever. And so what's funny is, is that you have those people, and a lot of times the people who are engaged in evolutionary thought and all this kind of stuff, they believe a lot of the secular lies that are put out there, um, and, and they're just indoctrinated with you know public school and public university and all of this, um, that those are often the people who go towards even the new age kind of stuff. And, and, you know, they're praying to crystals and they're praying to rocks and all this kind of weird stuff. They're talking about chakras and auras and, and all these different, you know, vibrations and, and things. And so like, they'll go to another whole kooky side of things. They'll deny spiritual things and then try to form their own kind of spiritualism in the weirdest kind of ways, man. They, they just get odd. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's anything and everything to to try to understand that there's life outside of what they see. You know, is there life after death? You know, is there um, is there more than what I can just see? Does this crystal 
hold the power to help me see, you know, is this going to give me my, my third eye instead of us going, you know, we know that there is a spiritual side of things. Um, we know it's there. Everybody knows it's there innately. So they're just looking for it because they don't want to believe what the scriptures say because then they're accountable for their sin. So we have to find something else to fill that up and to help us understand that other part of us that is spiritual. Mm -hmm. That's the part you can't see. That's it. And that's the thing is that the Holy Scriptures teach us that there is a world around us. There is a, a, a being. Uh, there, there are uh, angels. There are demons. There's a spiritual side. You are not a body, but you are a soul with a spirit housed in a body. And, and just an entirely different way of viewing it. And so, like I said, you know, a lot of times you, you have the two extremes within the church because uh, even among your, your dry, frozen, chosen, uh, you know, the, the church feels almost like a... a frozen, chosen. You're going to have to expound on frozen, chosen. Is that where you take the chosen and frozen and put them together? That's exactly what I did there. And uh, took those two words and glued them together. But no, nah, it's it's the it's the ones where they're us four and no more, you know. And it's a very serious, very somber kind of church. They just sit there and and you know they you know they sing songs that nobody wants to sing, and so they just have somebody on stage belting out operatic solos, and and then you know the the you know you have men who pray. Like they haven't talked to God all week, you know. They they have to change their whole voice when they pray in the King James. Yes, you know, oh Father, how thou wast, you know, Lord, you are Lord, you know, and <laughs> and uh, you know they bring that kind of thing to it because everything has to be serious and somber, and they try to avoid themselves of anything that could be spiritual or or even fun, and uh, and it just becomes really dry and just just very monotone throughout the entire service. And then you go to the extreme other side. And man, we have our, our assemblies, we have our Pentecostal, our Church of Gods, you know, like we get some weird stuff coming out of there to where it's all emotion. And it's, you know, if it feels good, do it kind of kind of experience. And they're running aisles and jumping pews and even, you know, some of them weird sand mountain people who are handling snakes and drinking poison and stuff. And and uh, and that's not biblical either. And so we have the two extremes, and man, you know, I've seen both sides of that coin. I have seen some crazy stuff. Did I ever tell you about the the lady who showed me the angel feather? Yes, you did. Yeah, yeah. that is that, that, that is hilarious. excellent. You know, so this oh, lady she she shows me hilarious. the <laughs> she shows me this snow globe, and inside there's a feather. And it, and she says that her uh, sister-in-law gave it to her, and that it is an angel feather. And I said, oh, it, it, it's an angel feather. You know, number one, I didn't know angels had feathers. You know, but, but then, you know, because I mean that that's another pop culture thing of angels having these bird-like wings. But I said, uh, um, okay. I said, so it's an angel feather. And she goes, yes, it is an angel feather. And I said, well, where'd they get it? And she said, well, uh, she got it at a truck stop in Florida. And honestly, at that moment, man, like I was immediately, I had the vision in my head of, of there's this farm where they're farming angels and they're picking up the feathers 
and and then when they had these angels and they had these feathers, the best thing they could think was, we need to put these in snow globes and sell them <laughs> in truck stops in Florida. <laughs> you know, like, like that, you know, that, that is like uh, the worst version of Barnum and Bailey that you could ever imagine. But, but, it, but in their mind, this is a real angel feather. This is very important. This is something that we have to treasure. And, um, and you see, that's where we leave the realm of scripture and we go spooky. We quit being spiritual and we just get spooky. And it's, you know, if, if the, if the dishwasher stops, then, uh, if it stops working, then it's because of the dishwasher demon. And all we have to do is exercise our spiritual authority over the dishwasher demon in order to get the dishwasher going again. And, uh, and, and so, you know, that's where we just, we leave scripture and we go to a spooky place instead of just being spiritual. Yeah. So you have to have some kind of discernment to know that that's not an angel feather, right? So, but it could have been an angel feather, right? That's it. <laughs> Sorry. So that was, you caught me off guard with yeah. that one. It was like, uh, how do, how exactly do I respond to that? Uh, you know, uh, there's only uh, the the cherubim. They have they have wings. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't know if those wings have feathers, and uh, and I'm pretty sure they don't stop off at truck stops. I mean, you know, it, somebody called a cherubim then. Somebody, so somewhere, somebody is out there with a cherubim harvesting feathers. Well, I think they just make the cherubim mad, and it flaps his wings really hard, and then some of the feathers just fall off. Maybe, yeah, that could be. That could be just mad cherubims, but mad cherubim feathers. That's it. It's so, like mad cow disease. <laughs> yeah. I don't think you want to make a cherubim mad. So yeah, they they no, sound they not. sound pretty pretty dangerous. But but man, like that that's the place that that people go to. Though I mean, a lot of times in these churches, they are they're fostered to believe this, um, I said, just super spooky, spiritual, anything that goes wrong in your life is a spiritual problem. And so a lot of said, you know, if the dishwasher quits, it's the dishwasher demon. If, if the, if the water in your shower is, is too cold, then it's the, the hot water demon is attacking your hot water heater. I mean, it, you know, everything, you know, if the car quits, then you just need to name it and claim it in the name of Jesus car start, you know? And the thing is, is that all those things can be miraculously done by the Holy Spirit, but nowhere in Scripture do we have that as an example of every problem in your life is just from where you just need to take authority over this spiritual problem that's manifesting in the flesh. Yeah, so we have a sin problem. Um yeah, I don't, uh, and maybe that's in some of the the writings or some of the things that you know. It, I think it's in in John. Correct me if I'm wrong. It, one of the in one of the gospels it says if everything Jesus uh, had done had been written, the world couldn't hold it. So maybe mm-hmm. it's in one of those where it talks about you know some like some some demons can only be cast out with prayer and fasting. Maybe it's a shorter version for a dishwasher. <laughs> Maybe you just need to skip a meal, not get seconds. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is a this is called the no dessert fasting. Yeah. But you know, if I'm going to school and if I'm making bad grades, it's not because of the bad grade demon. Like I can't bind 
my grades in the name of Jesus and, and magically transform them into straight A's, can I? Well, if your parents uh, have been messing with stuff they shouldn't be messing with and they are possessed of a demon, that could definitely affect your grades. Yeah, but there's not a you're not going to fix your grades with being like, well, I'm just going to I'm going to bind these grades in the name of Jesus. It's like maybe you should read the book. Maybe you should study. Yeah, maybe you should study. Yeah, maybe maybe you should work harder. You know, if if the if the dishwasher breaks and it's clearly obviously broken, maybe we should just fix the dishwasher. You know, uh, that's you know you don't buy construction material, throw it on a lot, and say house B. <laughs> and you know, like you know, you've got to do the work too. You yeah, know? yeah. So, well, in your case, someone else has to do the work. Uh, please, dear God, let somebody else do the work when it comes to <laughs> construction. So I, I'm not gifted and skilled with that whatsoever. Some people have two left feet. I have two left hands, and I, I can testify to that. Yeah, and so like I'm, I'm smart. I can figure it out. I know how to do it, but I'm just not the one that you need doing it. Like you need to call a professional. Now, I, I can design it. I can tell you exactly what needs to do. But, uh, yeah, I, I can't do it. I'm not the one. That's not my gift, not my skill. So, but the, uh, so absolutely, you know, so that's the thing is that in a proper spiritual context, we have to see that there absolutely is a spirit world around us. Scripture tells about, you know, that there's a cloud of witnesses that are watching us, you know, that angels observe the the things of man and ponder them and ask, you know, what is man that you that that God considers him, you know, all of these different things. So we see that there's definitely a spirit world that operates the physical world. But just because of that doesn't mean that there is every little thing. You know, so we see that that um, the angels hold back the winds at the four corners of the earth. We see that all creation um, is given over and, and was manifested by the Holy Spirit. But if our grass has bald spots in it and isn't growing thick and luscious, then it's not because we haven't taken spiritual authority over our lawn. It's that we need to do the work. You know, that that's a physical problem that has a physical solution, that not everything has a spiritual solution, and not everything is a spiritual problem manifesting in the flesh, but rather that there are some problems that are just physical problems. Yes, yes, like um, like you should cast out the spirit of the glue that's holding your bottom to the couch yeah. so that you could get off the couch and go uh, fertilize your lawn. Yeah, you know, like, I didn't get to be a big old handsome pretty boy. You know, I, di I didn't get to, to, you know, 280 pounds um, because of, of the cake demon. You know, it was because I was eating cake like a demon. You know, that, that was the, that, that's the problem. That's a me problem. You know, that, that's not a demon problem. And so with that, you know, hey, I've got to take control of myself. And in that, which is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. But I can't just say, you know, you know, uh, you know, weight come off you know calories burn you know and all that and, you know i can't kenneth copeland and, and blow calories away like he said he blew covid away you know covid get out of here you know all that you can't do that you know that, that's dumb you know so there's there's spiritual problems which manifest themselves in the flesh but then not every flesh problem is a spiritual problem some of it's just a you problem you know, yep. if you're not getting along with your boss at work, maybe you just have a bad personality. 
Maybe they do. Maybe it's not a spiritual problem. And so for what we see in Scripture, and Scripture is great and it is a narrative of continuous uh, interaction between the spiritual and between the physical, but in no way do we see that this is a common experience. You know, we see that these are instances where those people uh, experience this, and it's noteworthy, and so it makes it into Scripture. But not everybody has that experience. That's not a continual, ongoing thing. I mean, has God ever written words on the wall of your house and you had to go get a a Hebrew slave to interpret it? Uh that was just Daniel. That was just Daniel. Yeah, that was I just mean, Daniel. no fee fi fo fum, and we got to go get a go get a shepherd boy to come kill the giant. No, nah, that that was just David, right? You know, so so these are the things is that we have to see that throughout Scripture we see this overarching narrative of the battle of the spiritual and the physical, but that is because that is the main point of the story. It's not because it was just so commonplace. So in the life of Brother Jonathan or the life of Brother Todd, there are spiritual struggles, there are spiritual things that we have to overcome, but if we go outside right now and my truck has a flat tire, it's not because of the flat tire demon. I don't need to cast the demon out of my tire. I need to put some air in it. Right. And so, you know, that we have to we have to discern that some things are spiritual and some things are physical. And sometimes the physical things need to be controlled by the spiritual things. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes we need to just get down and pray and ask God to do it because we can't do it. And sometimes we need to ask God to help us get control of ourselves. Mm-hmm. and deny the flesh so that we can hear what God's saying and so that we can stop eating all that sugar yeah, and uh, stop drinking them Mountain Dews mm-hmm. and, uh, and focus uh, our, deny our flesh and focus our spirit to listen to God and listen to what he might tell us. And sometimes the scripture calls us to, uh, to, to fast for, for different reasons, to cast out, evil spirits and things like that that are very real. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just not always in your tire or, or whatever, but sometimes you're, you're, you may have a problem with your boss because uh, your boss is not a Christian and your boss needs Jesus. So there's a spiritual aspect there where we need to be praying for them because maybe there is an evil spirit attached to your boss. Mm-hmm. Maybe we need to uh, to pray and ask God to clear up those unseen things in our lives so that we could focus um, on sharing the gospel with that person because they, it's going to be hard to hear it if they're like the dude that was like breaking chains mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. back in the time of Jesus. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and and I think that that is uh, where discernment comes in. Discernment, I think, comes in to let you know when things are spiritual in nature and require a spiritual solution, or when things are physical in nature and requires a physical solution. And I think where we where we risk doing some really, really dumb stuff and kind of getting it off the rails is when we have a spiritual problem that we seek out physical solution for, or when we have a spiritual problem or when we have a physical problem that we try to get spiritual with. I think that's where people really get silly, you know, is where they have a physical problem and they try to spiritualize it away. And uh, I think where people have a spiritual problem 
and they try to physical it away is where people do have demons. And instead of saying, hey, that's a demon, we say, you need therapy. Or when they do have a demon and we say, you know, well, well they're, they're just going through a hard time. They need somebody to listen to them. And it's like, no, they, they have a demon. You know, like you can't counsel a demon away. You know, like you can't uh, medicate a demon away. You can't do anything. So, you know, when Jesus came up against demons, he cast them out. And that is very much within the arsenal and the realm of the church. You know, that's something he had gifted us with, you know, something that we can do. But when we try to go to physical means to address spiritual problems, we're silly and we just prolong the problem. You know, we, we can dope it up, but we can't get rid of it through any other means than spiritual means. And, uh, and so we see that with uh, the, the woman, you know, the, the demoniac woman the, the, that was uh, following uh, Peter and Silas around and saying, these men are of God. And finally he gets tired and turns around and casts the demon out. You know, it wasn't that, you know, hey, can somebody tell this woman to hush? Can somebody get her to be quiet? You know, can, can we get her some counseling? She just needs freedom. Do we have a, do we have a regeneration ministry that can come and help her? You know, you know that, that can come and help her. You know, we just need some prayer cloths here. You know, nah, it was a spiritual problem. He took care of it in spiritual means. In other ways, there are physical problems that require physical means. So when Paul was uh, shipwrecked and he was cold, he built a fire. He didn't rebuke the spirit of cold. <laughs> you know, he didn't look at his skin and say, skin be warm. You know, he built a fire. So when there are physical problems, they require physical solutions. When there's spiritual problems, they require spiritual solutions. When we start trying to give physical solutions to spiritual problems, we don't do any good. We usually just create other problems. And then at the same time, when we have physical problems that we then try to make spiritualized and we try to treat them as if they are a spiritual problem and they're a physical problem, that's where kooky comes in. That, that's where the spookiness comes in. And so, you know, some dude, you know, uh, has an accident and loses his leg. He's bleeding prof profusely. He doesn't need you to rebuke the artery demons. He needs you to make a tourniquet. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and I think that, um, that, that what we do too many times is not, we, we're not prepared to recognize when something is a spiritual issue. We're, we're not prepared to tell the difference sometimes because we just go into the world. We don't prepare ourselves for the day. We're not prayed up. We don't, we're not reading the word. We're, we're not focused on, all right, Lord, give me wisdom in the everyday so that I can recognize and be prepared. Jesus sends his disciples out uh, to it uh, in pairs, and he says, hey, you're going to do all these things. Well, I mean, they didn't just get up every morning to go. They got up. They prayed. Um, they were focused on the day. They had a task to do. And they set out to do it. And uh, where where do we find that? Where do we find, um, do we have like some, I don't know, suit of armor or something we might could like wear to protect us from these things? <laughs> yeah, is there, is there nothing that we can be trained and schooled in as we don't have any direction about these things? Yeah, and so, we, so yeah, absolutely. You know, that's where we would go to uh, Ephesians chapter 6 where you have the, the armor of God. You know, it's, it's listed there. It's mentioned there. But before they actually get into the armor of God, the, the prelude into it 
tells us exactly what we've been talking about, that there is a phys- there is a spiritual world that surrounds the physical world in which we live. And so it starts out, and, and he says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might, not yours, his. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. That, that's a good word there, wiles. And so the wiles of the devil, that means his tricks, his methods, it, you know, his, his most often uh, gone to battle plans. You know, this is something that, you know, he, he has a method that he uses and the devil repeats himself very often. I mean, we see that in scripture that the powers of darkness repeat themselves because they're not creative agents. You know, creativeness is an agency of God and it's something that he bestowed upon man. And uh, But he didn't give that to the demons. They follow orders, and so therefore they can only repeat. They can't create. And so we see the same thing with the devil trying to kill Moses as a baby, devil trying to kill Jesus as a baby. I mean, it echoes throughout Scripture. He has methods. So if we become familiar with his methods, then we can know how to defeat them. And we can also recognize his methods when we run up against them. But he says that we don't that we can be able to stand against the wiles of the devil, and then he says, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against, and here he starts naming off these spiritual entities that exist. He names them off. He says there's principalities, there's powers against rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, because of all that evilness, because of all that spiritual evilness that's surrounding us, Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand, stand therefore. All right. So he tells us that there are these wicked powers that exist around us, and he even names some of them off and gives different jobs and different duties of what they're supposed to be. Yeah, so... We've got these principalities and powers in high places, rulers of the darkness. So we've got these this spiritual realm, this unseen realm that we we can't see them with our, our physical eyes. We have to be prepared and we have to be looking at these things through our spiritual eyes. We have to rely on God and the Holy Spirit to show us, hey, these things are here, so... If you're arguing with your spouse, maybe it's because they're a demon. Well, I mean, maybe some are, um, but but most of the time, it, I mean, maybe they're controlled by demons. Maybe you married a girl that that's a witch, and she's got demons all over her. You know, then you've got to uh, you know you got to prepare yourself and and pray them things out of there. Of course, more more than likely you're, you're not a Christian. You just need you, you just need to get saved. You got to do the first thing first, yeah. um, and uh, and and then you can handle all those things. You can you know you you see that this argument just came out of nowhere, or maybe your whole household and everybody's just up in a hissy and just all over each other. You know, sometimes you just got to stop and pray and just say, "All right, Lord, if there's something evil here, in the name of Jesus." get out lord please you know protect our house and and protect us and and you know let us do your will and and show us when uh the evil one is is just throwing darts at us no not at all that that's when i become like jesus and i start flipping tables and whipping people 
in in your house. Yes. Yeah. So what do you have a? Well, Jesus you, did it in his father's house. Dude, you you can't you can't even swing a hammer. What, what are you gonna? <laughs> what are you? What are you gonna throw? I bet you you you. I know you can play basketball, but like, can you actually throw? Can you throw a baseball? Did you ever play baseball? I can throw extremely fast and and wild. So I, I had two pitches when I when I pitched like in little league and and uh, you know and all that. I had two pitches. It was the heater and the beaner. And uh, we didn't know which one I threw until after it was thrown. <laughs> so it could wind up in the stands. It could wind up anywhere. I, it was either it was either hot and coming, or else it was hitting the batter. You know, so it was one of the two. So uh, I hit a lot of people. So <laughs> so yeah, it was. That's why you stuck with basketball. Yeah, I saw real quick, man. I was like, that ain't my sport. You yeah, know, ain't ain't my thing. So you got to yeah. get closer to the goal before you can uh, let yeah. that sucker go. I, I'll give you a clue. Basketball wasn't really my sport either, <laughs> but I was just persistent. hey there you go that's it so but yeah you know so you know that's it you know is that sometimes there are spiritual problems and we got to address those spiritually other times there's physical problems we have to address those physically and so you know if god puts you in a situation you know uh, armed robbery something like that of course we can appeal to the spirit and the spirit can always intervene in those situations but if God equips you and you're in the situation, you're there where you can physically stop it and you have the ability to stop it, then you don't need to stop and pray. You need to use what God gave you. You know, in those moments, it's physical. In other moments where you don't have the capacity to stop it, then it's a spiritual problem and you can address, you know, you can make appeals to the spirit in that way. But here he addresses that there are these different things. Like he didn't just say there's demons out there. You know, like he he stops and he says, there's these different job descriptions. He says, there's principalities. There's rulers of darkness. There are uh, hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. I mean, like he he gives levels or, or different job descriptions to these. He doesn't just say, there's some bad stuff out there. Like he, he divides it up. So with that, are there different divisions, you know, of these uh, dark spiritual powers out there in the world? It's like an army of darkness. A whole army of darkness. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so the chainsaw and get started, eh? <laughs> that's it. That's <laughs> it. Go crazy and, and hope you don't get, you know, cast off in it back in time and have to find some book that you can't <laughs> pronounce the name of. Um, and wind up, you know, releasing a horde of demons. So, you know, you've got all this, you got all these, these different generals and, and they're in different places and, and they're doing all these things. And yeah, we, we see the Prince of Tyre. We see the Prince of Grecia. You know, we, we see these different regional principalities that, that had that section of, of the world under their control and under their power. And, uh, and so, uh, you know, the, the king of Tyre, the king of uh, Persia, the, the prince of Grecia, all these different ones. And so we see that there's regional ones, you know, that, that kind of places are known for different things. You know, so even in America, you know, we have little taglines that go along with, with the different stuff. You know, we have, you know, Chicago's the Windy City. Uh, Los Angeles is the City of Angels, Fallen Angels, but Angels. And... um. And, you know, the New York is the, the Big Apple, all of this. But then at the same time, you have these regional areas that are very rich in different things. You know, I mean, um, you know, uh, New York is, is uh, um, 
uh, murder. You know, you go into Oregon and Portland and these different places. You have homelessness. You have drug addiction. Witchcraft. Yeah, you know, San Antonio is a big witchcraft place. Um, you know, these different areas where things kind of live. You know, you go into New Orleans, you're going to get into voodoo and things like that. And so that isn't just a physical problem. That That's also a spiritual problem in those places. You know, you don't just solve homelessness by giving people houses. Um, they actually have to have their spiritual problems addressed. You know, that a lot of times with drug addiction or drug use will come demonic activity in that person because now they're no longer in control of themselves. Well, something has to control them. And so while they're out of control, something else, a strong man can slip in there and take possession. Like spirits. Yeah. Like if you drink too many spirits, you uh, might wind up getting some extra spirits. There you go. Yeah. I mean, same. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. With alcohol, you know, if you overindulge in alcohol, you lose control of your faculties, then not only will people use that as a conduit or as a lubricant for sin, you know, as easing up their conscience to be able to commit things that they wouldn't do sober, but it does also lower their mental faculties to where they can be taken advantage of, um, not just physically, but also spiritually. And uh, so absolutely, you know, um, you know, even uh, sexual contact and things like that can can transmit demons and things like that. But there, there's this whole host of things that can open up. So we have regional principalities, then we have rulers, but then it also says there's this host of wickedness. Now, a host is a great number of people, you know, it, it's a, a multitude. And so in this host, they have a host of wickedness and man, you know, we see that where people in these, in these different regions will begin to all commit the same type of sin. It starts to spread through that area. And so you'll have, um, you know, pornography, you'll have voodoo, you'll have, um, uh, uh, even from pedophilia to even just whoredom or uh, these different things that'll just take over a place, violence and fighting and all. And so, you'll even see generational curses of generational demons that are handed down even within families. So you have Las Vegas. Is that where all the different kind of demons preside? I think it's called Sin City for a reason. Yeah. So, so you've got all those things that that you named. And like you said, there's all these different cities uh, that are that it seems like there are similar sins and there's like heavy like heavy focus on certain things so you that's where we come into principalities we've got these princes that are in charge of these places and they're they're in control of these places we have uh and and talking about the you know losing your inhibitions and and what do we do when we lose control of ourselves and we're looking for guidance and we start looking in the wrong place? Are you talking about some, some voodoo, some tarot cards, uh, horoscopes, all that kind of good stuff? Yeah, like this dude named Saul who was, it was like God, Israel kept saying, hey, we want to be like the rest of the world. Can we have a king too? And God's like, no, you know, I'm I'm your God. You don't need a king. They're like, but we really, really want a king. And then, uh, so God says, "All right, we'll we'll give you somebody just to show you how bad it could be." So God appoints Saul uh, to be king, and he was a really crappy king. Like he 
he was barely in and he already started sinning against God. So uh, Samuel's like, no, Saul, you're, you're, you, you screwed the pooch on this one. It's, you know, you did a really bad thing. So, uh, so what you're talking about is where Saul wants to talk to Samuel, but Samuel is already deceased. He, he's out of the picture. And so Saul goes to the witch of Endor and consults with her and she conjures up Saul or Samuel and then Saul is able to talk to Samuel, even though Samuel has already passed away. So, yeah, they're called familiar spirits for a reason because they pretend like they're somebody else. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, a but witch doesn't have a witch does not have the power mm-hmm. to call up someone who's passed on. But, but Todd, all that is fake, right? I mean, because I am a super duper Christian. And I don't believe in any of that. None of that is real. And so there's there's no tarot cards. There's no Ouija board. There's nothing real to any of that, right? So, I mean, like here, that's just a silly story that they put in. That can't be real, correct? It's like playing cards, right? You just play cards. They're just things. And those things just move on their own from the power of your mind. No, they're very real. And, and people have been using them for... For a very long time, you have like Aleister Crowley that used Ouija boards consistently. And uh, that guy supposedly opened up a portal. um, Like a Stargate. Like a Stargate. Hmm. And and stuff came through and talked to him and things like that. And I mean, we have... I saw that in an Avenger movie. He, He was just ripping off the Avengers where they brought Loki through. So you got Stargate. There was a movie... You got mm-hmm. Stargate, the TV series. Yeah, and I'm way then, too young for that. And so. then uh, you're not way That's too That's probably in your I'm age, back just, in the 60s. But, yeah, yeah back know, I was in a the 90s baby. So. The 90s. I was, a, I was born in the 70s. You were born in the 80s. Sorry, yeah. you were an 80s baby. Yeah, but I grew up in the 90s. And you grew up in the 80s and the 90s. Yeah, the 80s was just a lot yeah, of drinking were, and drugs. I don't even remember the 80s. <laughs> So. <laughs> yeah, but I'm pretty sure you weren't the one yeah. doing the drinking but when, whenever and drugs. I, whenever I turned 10 in the 90s, that, that's when life started. That's so. when you straightened up. Yeah, I don't remember anything before that. Yeah, well, <laughs> uh, we all have our burdens to bear. <laughs> yeah. um, but but with that, I mean, you know, God says not to do that. God says don't consult the mediums, don't consult the spiritists, all that. You know, like he makes a law against it tells his people have nothing to do with them run the witches out of the land you know that that we're just supposed to be him focused so he tells us not to do that stuff because there is something to it not because there's nothing to it and it's not because he thought it was silly or a waste of time but rather because there was a spiritual thing to it and he did not want us engaging with those powers and principalities and hosts of wickedness and things like that because that's how they operate he operates and communicates with his people through the holy spirit not through tricks and games and tal tal you know talmuds i can't think of the word yeah the 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 cards yeah the tarot cards and all that kind of stuff and you know we don't pray to angel feathers and snow globes that we bought at a truck stop in florida we uh we we pray to him you know we can talk directly to him we don't have magic you know magic powers that are indwelled into certain objects and man if we can just get that you know if we can just get that prayer cloth from that tv preacher you know if we can just get the the spirit water from uh from uh the jordan river 
and things like that, then then that'll heal us. You know, if we can just you know if we can just read the prayer of Jabez backwards, then we'll uh, that then all of our all of our you know hopes and dreams will come true. You know, it, it's it's not that. You know, so we don't get spooky with our spiritual things. To be spiritual is to be guided by the Spirit. To be guided by the Spirit is to be guided by the Word of God. So what God's Word says is as far as we should go with those things. We don't make up our own our own uh, we don't make up our own spooky things just to try to appear more spiritual. We don't go past what Scripture tells us. We don't start to invent doctrines of our own just simply because they sound like good ideas. Like, uh, have you ever heard of spirit ties? Spirit ties? Yeah, spirit ties. Is that that like the tie that you have to put on when you're going somewhere fancy? No, those are straight demonic and should not be part of us whatsoever. So I, I had to wear those in Bible college. Oh, I've avoided them. That's cute. You're yeah. a little Bible college guy. Not long. Yeah. Not long. Do you still know how to tie a tie? Yeah, I know how to tie a tie. Oh, okay. Put on your girdle? Uh, Do they give y'all temple garments? No, no. This wasn't, I, I wasn't. I wasn't a Mormon. You should go to a, a Mormon college. college. I didn't go yeah. to a Mormon college. Yeah, you should have. But the <laughs> but, but not, soul ties is this and thing. You can't even get extra wives at a Mormon college anymore. <laughs> yeah. What's the point? They used to sell them in the gift store. Yeah, really. <laughs> the, the but soul ties are this concept that some of the you know Pentecostal leaning people started attaching, and it was that basically that once you came to Christ, that you had to rid yourself of any old soul ties. And the soul ties were people that you had had sexual relations with prior to becoming a Christian, and that your soul was still tied to them. And so they would have soul tie breaking services where the people would have to come forward, and in order to get over the relationship, the brokenness, the hurt, the all of this stuff, then what you had to do was you had to have the the preacher lay hands on you and with an anointing oil, and we had to shout and shudder and, and stutter and stamble and all that kind of stuff in order to break the soul tie. Did because you have to, like, shake it a lot? I think I think that was part of it because they're pretty strong. you got to shake pretty violently in order to break them. Okay. And so... And so it's not that you had to go to God for that. It's not that that's something that the Holy Spirit had power to do at your regeneration, but rather it's something the preacher had to do for you. So hmm. you, you had to break that soul tie. So that sounds familiar. That sounds like uh, it, it seems like there was a, another religion called Catholicism or something like that where you had to like pay for stuff all the time. Yeah, indulgences. Yeah, yeah. So and you had to have a priest come and do exorcisms. Did you have to pay them for that? I think that was, yeah, that was too. That's how that's how the Catholic Church funded itself before bingo. Okay. So now it's just bingo. They don't do any of that silly stuff anymore. Oh, oh, okay. I was so. confused. See, I'm ignorant of those things. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so so then we, we had that, and then we have the modern-day TV preachers and and other people that say they're the only ones you know, there there's a lot of there's a lot of groups out there that think they're the only ones that are going to heaven. They're the only ones that have it right. So uh, maybe they have, uh, you know, something they need to get rid of. Yeah, you know, I mean, I think that's what it is, man. It's where they are they're trying to, uh, you know, they they've went from being prophets to being profiteers, you know, and 
And so that's what a lot of that is, is that delving into the spooky spiritual. So in order to fundraise is a lot of it, just to keep you loyal to the man. Well, I think sometimes, sometimes there's, there's some kind of uh, principality that's got a hold of the leadership in some places. So they do something that's a little bit different than everybody else, but a lot like everybody else, mm-hmm. but they're the only ones, right? So they're, they they have some, something and they see something spiritual working, but it's not of God. Mm-hmm. So there's something working there. There's something like in the old Testament, they had all these, they, they worshiped angels. They worshiped demons and they would physically see something happening mm-hmm. that was that was not nothing they could they couldn't see what was moving it but they could see something moving mm-hmm. they could see stuff happening and i think the same things happening today where we have all these different groups that are seeing stuff but it's not biblical they've moved extra biblical they've done the Saul thing where where they're um, there's some demons attached or something's going on that's just bad. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I agree with you, man. Like they've they've moved past scripture and they've moved to a place that that's just weird, you know. And and you see in the Old Testament where there were these there were these groves that were demon groves. They would go there to worship the demons. Um, they would have these high places, you know, they would have these totem poles and these, all these different kind of things that were all part of the, uh, the, the demonic worship. And so in Paul, even in his writing, he starts talking about that an idol is just a dumb thing. An idol has nothing in and of itself. But then it talks about the things that were offered to the idol were actually offered to demons. So they're just representations. So the the um the towel talisman man I, I can't talisman. get that word talisman talisman that's what I'm trying to say talismans the talismans the little doodads and widgets and all this kind of stuff that people have that they think you know the crystals and and all of this that they think give them some kind of spiritual power there's nothing to any of that there's nothing in it but what it is is that it does invite demonic activity it's an invitation to a demon and there's asking them to come in asking them to do that stuff a ouija board yeah man it's just it's made by mattel and it's you know a piece of you know plywood with some print and some ink on it you know that's all it is but through that they can communicate with the demonic um the same with the tarot cards i mean it's just you know pictures printed on paper but through the use of that, there is the contact of the demon. So even though the vehicle may be uh, arbitrary, you know, it may be nothing to the vehicle, the destination is what it is. You know, the connection to that wickedness is a very real thing. No matter, no matter if it is cards or if it is looking at the stars or reading a horoscope or, or used to, they would cut, a, cut an animal open and examine the entrails. And they would just look at the guts, and then some dude would be like, oh, these guts are telling me it's going to be rainy on Thursday. You know, like, it, it, the and guts didn't tell you anything. It's some demon. With that voice? Yeah, that's exactly, that's what they all used to do. I learned that in Bible college. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I went that's to a real one. You went to a real one? Nice. <laughs> you graduated from yours. I didn't graduate from yeah, mine. Yeah, I graduated twice. Oh, so there. I'm fancy. fancy. You are fancy. fancy. I got an education, so. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, but but that is the thing, is that we see this 
spiritism, not spirituality, but just spiritism, that is demon worship. We see it throughout the Old Testament, man. We even see it in the day and the age of Christ. We see him casting out demons. We see him raising the dead. But he did so by the power of God, not by his own power, but by his power of God. Um, we see the Apostle Paul. We see, we see the 12 apostles being sent out, but they were sent out in the name of Jesus. We see the Apostle Paul operate in this. We even see uh, post-Paul, we see stories of, of various different saints right, you know, raising people from the dead, miraculous healings, all of these various different things. Um, that's even you know the uh, Saint Valentine you know was uh, was supposed to uh, heal his this woman you know that was a, a a fan of his you know he raised her from the dead or off of her deathbed or something. We have all these various different things you know, and we see not only the challenging of these spiritism things in Scripture, like with Gideon, you know, Gideon has to wake up as God is calling him into his service and wants to do a great thing with Gideon. The first thing Gideon has to do is wake up early in the morning and destroy the idols of the city in which he lived. Now, who was the high priest in Gideon's village? His daddy. So it was his own daddy's demons. You know, it was family business to, you know, to, to talk to the demons and all that stuff. And it started at home. Gideon had to knock that out. And, and that was the very first thing in the life and the ministry and God's usefulness of Gideon was to destroy the idols of his family that his family had set up in the town. And, uh, and then we even go all the way down to uh, Boniface, you know, that uh, Boniface, St. Boniface, goes into the Germanic people, and he has to cut down Donner's oak. And uh, they're worshiping this oak, and, and it's Donner, it's, it's Thor. You know, they're worshiping Thor with the Nordic gods. And, uh, and Boniface, they go in, they're, they're praying to this big old oak tree, and it has some spiritual power and all this kind of stuff, and you couldn't touch Thor's oak, or else Thor would strike you down with lightning. Well, um, Boniface just takes an axe and starts going at it, man. He just starts chopping that thing to pe- you know, to pieces and bits. And um, and what what he finds out is that the tree is actually dead. It's actually rotten inside. It was easy. Yeah. yeah. And so, like a couple of whacks, and it just boom, it's on the ground. And you know what he does? He planes the wood and builds a church out of. It. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what a man! That's a dude right there. You know, and so. Here, he just chopped down their precious demon tree and makes a church out of it and is singing praises to the one true God, you know, surrounded by the wood from Donner's Oak or from Thor's Oak, you know. And and that's what it takes a lot of times, you know, the breaking of generational curses and all this kind of stuff. All it takes is just one Christian saying, I'm just going to do what God says. That's it. It's broke. You know, you're not going to carry any curses into your relationship with God. That you know, that's generational curses is something for lost people. And when when the Holy Spirit regenerates us, when the Holy Spirit brings us to Christ, when He baptizes us into the faith, then He also seals us. And in that, all those curses, all those soul ties, and all that weird mess that people invent, if they were real, they're broken in that instance. You don't need any more salvation than what you get at your salvation. No preacher man can add to it. No, uh, you know, Bible study can add to it. No, uh, emotional service, no song service, no laying on of hands. None of this stuff can add to it. But what if I want new knowledge? 
what if I want something new? Oh, like spend all day going house to house trying to learn some new thing? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> yeah. Nah, I, th- I think we just need to go home and already do what we know to do. You know, especially in the American church, we're not we're not poor on knowledge. We're poor on obedience. And so we, we play around with things that we know we're not supposed to do just in order to, uh, you know, just to have fun, just because we're lazy a lot of times. So we want the blood of Jesus, but we want our sins too. Yeah, so the the Bible talks about how how knowledge will abound, but there's no wisdom in that knowledge. There's, you know, we have the, the Internet and years and years of um, – of knowledge that are just packed in there and all you got to do is is google it if Google, you know whatever google's not filtering mm. um you, you have know, to that, brave it that cia you have to thing, use your brave google, browser your brave browser that's yeah. right so you got to use your brave browser just so don't you, use the google search engine with your brave browser and you'll be yeah okay. don't yeah don't go to brave browser and type in google <laughs> <laughs> don't go to google.com <laughs> yeah. on your brave browser <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's kind of defeating the purpose. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So, yes. so we don't we don't need new knowledge. We don't need to seek something out to give us something that's not in the Bible or something in, um, you know, we have we have God's Word and we have the Holy Spirit to guide us. The Holy Spirit, not the evil spirit. We got the Holy Spirit to guide us. It's almost like there's one true God, and mm-hmm. He gives us what we need. That's it. Maybe that's what we need to do on following episodes is talk about the the heavenly host. You know, talk about the angels, the demons, the the various different things you know that we see with that, and then maybe even go into the attributes of God so that people can see that that that's where our salvation rests. That's where our intervention rests. That's where our mediator rests is with Christ. It's not in a priest. It's not in a, a pastor with a with a hand you know with an oily hand and a sweat rag. Um, you know, that, that it's not in our emotions, it's not in how the song service made us feel or any of that kind of stuff, that man, it, it's truly in Christ, it's in Him, is all of these things. Instead of, uh, instead of going to the altar, sometimes we just need to go to Christ, and, and that we need to quit making spiritual solutions for physical problems, we need to quit making physical solutions for what are spiritual problems, and that we just need to simply go to the spiritual to solve the spiritual, go to the physical in order to solve the physical. Yeah, so there's an instance where uh, Elisha is, uh, they, him and his one of his servants who was, uh, I think he was in the, uh, in the school for the prophets at the time, and so, so these other guys, they're doing their thing. And this one guy's hanging out with Elisha and, um, and the city's being surrounded and all this stuff's happening in second Kings six. And, and, um, so the servant's really, really scared. He's like, we're, we're up the Greek. What, you know, what's going to happen? And Elisha says, um, you know, there's more of us than there are of them. And he asked God to open the eyes of his servant, and he sees the host, uh, this this God's one of God's armies, angels there, um, and they strike him with blindness. So we see uh, in Scripture, it's telling us there are these we, these things we can't see. We just need to ask God to maybe open our eyes. 
uh, and see these these things that are spiritual, um, that are beyond the flesh, and let let the let us understand what what's really going on. And then sometimes, you know, I'm I buy a part for my lawnmower, and uh, now don't get me wrong. Yeah, a couple months ago, my lawnmower started acting up, and I took it, got it fixed. But uh, it was it was just acting funky, and uh, we we that's prayed a for it. Technical term, right? Yeah, that's a that's a very very biblical Spunky. term. That's Greek. That's Greek. Yeah. You know, Sir, for, this uh, lawnmower has a funky problem. It's got a funkiness to it's it. It's way too funky. It is funky. Yeah, that's the seventies talking, right? Yeah. So uh, so I pray, and it cranks up. So I think that was God just providing for that you know that day um but then i fixed the part mm-hmm. and now it cranks like it's supposed to but then so you cast out the non-cranking demon i cast out the non-cranking demon and uh and then the belt broke ah you forgot to cast out the belt demon i forgot to cast out the belt demon Silly. yeah yeah that's that's 101 the that's de- beginner problems yeah i know the demon of of tar and what string rookie. What a rookie! Yeah, so yeah, exactly, man. So, so that's the thing, you know, is is that you know, in moments of severe crisis and severe need, hey, man, yeah, absolutely, we turn to to spiritual, you know. Um, but in the same way, hey, okay, it got us out of this jam, but we're not going to rely on on laying hands and praying for every time a car needs to crank, you know, that that we can fix the the physical problem as well. And so, you know, there's intervention there. And I think, like you said, you know, that the biggest thing that I think the church needs today is a huge dose of discernment of, of when things are truly spiritual, when things are truly physical, because I think for too long that we've, we've lacked discernment and we've tried to address spiritual needs with physical means. And we've tried to address physical needs with spiritual mean, you know, means. So it's the same thing. You know, it says, uh, you know, Paul writing, he says, you know, that, you know, if, if we look at our brother and he needs feeding and we tell him, you know, and he needs clothes and he needs food and we say, well, go away and be warm. You know, we haven't done him anything, man. We need to feed him. We need to clothe him. Now, he may have a spiritual problem as well, but his physical need has to be addressed physically. It's, it's not something that we just get super spooky spiritual and go, you know, you know, food will follow you all the days of your life, you know, yeah. or something, you know, and, and uh, we just need to lay hands on him and he'll get warm, you know, from your hand, <laughs> but you take your hand off and, and that fellow's going to have a cold night. You know, he needs a coat, you know, he needs a cloak, he needs a warm place to sleep. And so there are, are spiritual needs and then there's physical needs and this, and the scripture makes very clear that those two are separate. Now, we see sometimes where things are blended, like with the feeding of the 5,000, where there is a physical need, and God, you know, Jesus, multiplies the bread and the fish in order to meet that physical need. That he's at the wedding at Cana, and they run out of wine. And it's not really a big need, but God looks, you know, God says, okay, let's meet that need, and he turns the water into wine, you know. So there can be spiritual things to address physical problems, but you can't, you know, just say, you know, Lord put calories in his belly, you know, no, you, you still need to go buy some groceries for that fella. Yeah, we, uh, we, we need to understand that, uh, I think a lot of times we need to understand that 
that the world around us, that that spiritual realm wants us to believe that there is nothing spiritual there, that it's all just physical. And that's where evolution comes in. That's um, where, you know, the big bang, that's, you know, everything, there's nothing spiritual about it. It's all just physical, you know? So when people start seeing things that they don't understand, they, they go, well, you know, that's a something physical, something that I, that, that I don't know what it is. So people don't do things like in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you out of here, you know, exactly. get exactly. away from me in the name of Jesus. They don't do that because they've been trained by the TV and by the school system that there's nothing spiritual here to see. It's if there's something spiritual, it's in your head and you need to take medication for it. Exactly. I, I completely agree with you there, Todd. Completely agree with that. So so there is this materialist world that I think has uh, has invaded uh, Christian churches. Most of your Bible-believing, Bible-teaching kind of Christian churches can uh, can capitalize on materialism and uh, and lack spirituality because everything is is addressed in the physical and everything is is right here it's what the world that we can touch and they lose touch with the world that we can't see with the things that are all around us the spiritual war the spiritual battle that's taking place all around us and so they become too physically focused but then there's times and there's there's churches there there's people who are so spiritually minded that they're no physically good. They're no good in this world whatsoever. And they fail to address the physical things in this world because they're so spooky spiritual. You know, they're so out there on the extremes that everything is spiritual and nothing is physical. And then on the other extreme, everything is physical and nothing is spiritual. And, and there we get to where we're not, we're not dividing the word like we should. So we're either not studying the word at all mm-hmm. and we're just making everything spooky and okay, we have we're creating our own, our own spirit world. Yeah. Yeah. So we're creating this world that fits in our tradition, that fits in our worldview and then you have the other one where we're doing the same thing. We're making it where it fits within our worldview. Well, where this is what we've always done. Yeah, we're, we're, we're comfortable sitting here, and there's, there's nothing out there. It's all just made up. I, yeah. I, I, yeah, I've seen it on both sides. I've seen pastors that didn't believe in anything spiritual, and they, they believed in, in the Holy They said the Holy Spirit works in you and saves you, but that's it, right? Mm-hmm. There is nothing else. There's there's not all these things that are causing you issue. There's not all these things that just because you went to this crazy ceremony and then ever since then you've had nightmares and things have have been moving in your house. That's just your imagination. That's it. That's it. So so there's never anything that needs to be prayer and fasting to get rid of. That there's never anything that that needs in the name of Jesus come out, you know, and, and so everything's just a physical issue. They're, they're the ones that would have said that the demoniac living in the cave, you know, chained up and, and howling at the moon and all that kind of stuff, they'd have been like, he just needs some Ritalin 
and some counseling. He just needs somebody to listen to him. That was just figurative. Just somebody get this kid an iPad stat. Yeah, yeah get him an iPad. Put, yeah. yeah, put his face in front of this because nothing bad could ever happen if he stares at a screen for 12 hours. That's it. So it's just drug him up, pacify him. You know, it's never addressing the issue, which the issue may be that he needs some biblical chastisement um, or the issue may be he's got a demon. And so, but, you know, we, we have electricity and running water and, you know, we don't think demons can swim. The demons just live in Africa and the Middle East. They never made it over here because oceans. Yeah, I mean, we're smarter than that. Yeah, we're more developed. Yeah, we're, we're we, more developed. We've progressed. Yes, we are at we are at the top of the food chain. We have evolved. That's it. That's it. So, so we have nice stuff. And so, therefore, we can't have demons and nice stuff. They don't exist together. No, absolutely not. So the even though we see, like, Nebuchadnezzar, you know, out there eating grass and, you know, becoming like a brute beast for a, a series of years and all that kind of stuff. And, and so, even though we see that it can affect even the most prosperous people, we see Solomon with all of his wives and we see the wickedness that involves that comes in. Um, even though we see all of those things in Scripture— we think that because we have uh, very nice little McMansions and uh, we have a good salary and we have a 401k and so therefore, you know, demons don't live in the suburbs. Yeah, you think just because uh, the music industry is so steeped in, uh, you know, like having seances on stage or backstage. Yeah, televised. Televised, yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's all these weird clauses in the contracts uh, mm -hmm. And all those other kind of things, just because when a president uh, is first takes office, there are groups that are having these rituals and things like that. They believe it's very real. Mm -hmm. They believe these things are real. Mm -hmm. And these spells and these things are taking hold of people. But we want to just deny that any of that's real. And we just want to say, well, they're just they're just a bad person just because they want to kill like. 90% of the population, it doesn't have anything to do with the fact that their whole family is demonic. It's just because they're not a nice person. That's it. That's it. I mean, that, that's, that's a hundred percent it. You know, that's even on a, uh, on a very, uh, junior level with all of this. Um, man, I used to really enjoy like scary movies, like scary movies were my jam, loved them. And, and what was, what was so odd is like, as I read the Bible, and as I started going through and I started seeing what was in Scripture and I started looking at the words within the words and what, what, did this, what does this actually mean, then all of a sudden, dude, I'm, I'm watching scary movies and I'm going, oh my gosh, like this isn't just some entertainment. This isn't just some story. Like somebody knows something in order to put that in there. I remember watching one movie and, um, and they, uh, they're talking about this, this like demon or this monster kind of thing. And uh, and the name that they give that thing is like an obscure name for a very real demon. And I was like, somebody knew something. Like, you don't just come up with that. Like, you don't just invent that. Somebody knew something, and they put it in there on purpose. And so, you know, a lot of those scary movies, monster movies, uh, all of that kind of stuff, it's there on purpose. And, and they're just disguising it, and they're, call, they're letting you call it entertainment. And actually what it is is indoctrination. They're allowing you to hear the music, and you just like the beat, and you know I don't really like the words, but the music's good, 
and that's exactly what they're doing, you know. And now it went from it went from being closeted, it went from being something that was hidden and nobody really talked about, to where now, like it's just common vernacular. And like you said, it's on stage at the at the Grammys or the Super Bowl or these different big televised things, and they're literally having satanic seances on stage with people cheering and clapping and thinking, oh, that's cute. And, it, you know, it's nothing real to it because people have a materialist view. That it's not real. It's just fun. It's silly. And it's like, nah, dude, that that's real. You know, what you just witnessed was real. And you watched it. You participated in it by watching it. So and you cheered for it. Yeah, you you opened the door to something really nasty. And, uh, and like I said, man, I, I mean, we just see it pervading all of our society and all of culture that used to we could at least pretend like culture was was neutral back during the Andy Griffin days and you know I love Lucy and all that and and, you know we just thought that culture was neutral and we've moved to a place now to where culture is hostile and that the lost culture is hostile towards anything Christian whatsoever and uh, anything that they can do to degrade, anything they can do to, to draw down and, uh, and, and to make the true spiritual side of things look silly. At the same time, they're getting you to participate in all of these wicked things and adopt these wicked mentalities. Then that's, that's 100% what they're into. Like that's the, that's the whole purpose and the whole plan. Yes, yeah, the spiritual stuff that, that told them this is the song you write, you know, these are the words you put in there. Well, they'll even say, you know, it just came to me, you know, or I was drinking one night and the words just came to me and all, well, yeah, some demon just whispered it right in your little sweet ears, didn't it? That's right. There's nothing new under the sun. So we see the same stuff happening over and over and over again. And, we think it's new. We think it's, oh, this is a new movie with this new idea. It's all the same stuff. It's, it happens every time. I can't even watch a movie anymore. I already know what the ending is. Mm-hmm. They can't because come they, up with anything. They new. don't create. They just repeat. That's all they do. They just echo. That's it. So that's the wiles of the devil. We can become, we can become wise towards them. You know, we can withstand them. You know, it doesn't make us victims. You know, what we read in Ephesians six doesn't say that we're victims. It actually says that we're warriors fighting against it. He said, put on the armor and stand. You know, that doesn't mean just stand at attention. That means make a stand. You know, at Custer's last stand, he didn't just stand there. He fought back. And so we put on the armor of God to fight back. And, what he equipped us with was was faith and, and righteousness and salvation and and uh, the preparation truth. of the gospel of peace and truth and all these various things that he gave us with and, and that he gave to us for us to fight with. Those are our weapons of warfare. And uh, and so with that, um, you know, I, I think that uh, to kind of wrap it up, because I said, we're, we're kind of getting you, you talk too much, Todd. I'm the, sorry. These have gotten out of control. They're yeah, long. Really? Yeah. yeah. They're almost like a sermon. I told you it was. You, it's your fault for bringing me in. <laughs> yeah. But with that, to kind of wrap it up, you know, we see all of these spiritual things that are in Scripture, and we see that that there absolutely is a spirit world around our physical world. That it makes our physical world work. It's all based upon the Word of God and what God has spoken. The powers, the principalities, uh, the the hosts, all of these things 
are are uh, within God's scope. They're within His plan. They were according to His purpose. He designed it to work that way. And so there is a spiritual around our physical, but we have to have discernment. We have to know when it is spiritual and when it's just physical. We don't want to make the physical into spiritual problems. We don't want to make spiritual problems into physical problems. We want to fight with the spiritual weapons when it's a spiritual war. But then sometimes we just need a physical solution to a physical problem. And so what we should always do in every situation is pray. We should pray to the Lord. Lord, give us wisdom. Lord, give us discernment. Lord, help me here. Then you help me to discern and uh, so that we can have the proper response to the problems that are dealt to us at, at hand. And so... In that, friends, it's been good. We've been here in the woodshed where we tell the truth even when it hurts. Brother Todd's joined us for another episode. Y'all make sure to like it, share it, leave us a review on whatever podcast player that you're listening to us on. That always helps us uh, get exposed to, to new audience members, and we're always getting new listeners every time. We've almost surpassed 600 listeners now, and that is a grand achievement. Thank you all for that. We have a zero budget for advertising. We don't, uh, we're not spending money to try to get cool and popular because i was born cool and popular and so with that uh, you can always check us out on our youtube channel which is the woodshed podcast you can see our sunday sermon which is uploaded every sunday afternoon and it's about a 45 minute sermon as we go through chapter and verse of the bible and so with that friends until next time this has been brother jonathan at the woodshed where we tell the truth even when it hurts